A nurse has come forward and said, I witnessed the infanticide Ralph Northam defended. Wow. And we all know who Ralph Northam is. Mr. Blackface. Or is he? We will never know. Or the Klansman. So if you don't know a little backstory, Ralph Northam is the governor of Virginia. Mm -hmm. And he was recently had a controversy of, a few different controversies, uh, one of them being um, he wore either blackface or a Klansman outfit and a college yearbook. Mm-hmm. And also he's known more in the, um, the um, I guess you could call it the anti-abortion community mm-hmm. as the governor who made the statement when a baby's born with issues that late-term abortion should be acceptable yeah we keep them comfortable we keep the baby comfortable so when the baby comes out of the mother born with issues we keep the baby comfortable until the mother decides what she wants to do essentially infanticide so i always thought that was just a story that a politician was telling Mm -hmm. so apparently there's a nurse who witnessed this comfortable situation Mm -hmm. so janelle has this story uh, Jill Stanick is her name. Now, just a reminder that uh, this is the quote from the governor just a few months ago. If a mother is in labor, I can tell you exactly what would happen. The infant would be delivered. The infant would be kept comfortable. The infant would be resuscitated if that's what the mother and the family desired. And then a discussion would ensue between the physicians and the mother. Now, there was a very long, extended interview about late-term abortions with the governor of Virginia. And he said much more than that. But that is to give you a little bit of a backstory that connects to why Nurse Jill Stanick came forward and said what she did. And this is essentially what she, what she said. First of all, There was a spokeswoman uh, that actually accused uh, conservatives of twisting uh, the words of Ralph Northam. They tried to say that, you know, no, no woman that seeks a third trimester abortion except in the case of tragic or difficult circumstances, such as a non-viable pregnancy or in the event of severe fetal abnormalities. And the governor's comments were limited to the the actions physicians would take in the event that a woman in those circumstances went into labor. So she essentially was saying that conservatives, you're just making it sound like that a woman can just come in off the street, get a late-term abortion, and that it's all great, and that there's no stipulations, and there's no special cases alike. But OBGYN Kathy Altman, who is a former medical director, I want to repeat that, a former medical director, at a Planned Parenthood abortion clinic testified that Nurse Julie Wilkinson, who assisted an abortionist with late-term abortions, told her that the vast majority of abortions that they performed were done for convenience, not for fetal anomalies or maternal health problems, which we all knew that that was what was going on with that. But I want to read this part to you, and I want you to think about what I'm reading. 
This is part of the testimony that came from Nurse Jill Stanick. I was a registered nurse at Christ Hospital in Illinois when I learned it committed abortions into the second and third trimesters. The procedure, called induced labor abortion, sometimes resulted in babies being aborted alive. In the event a baby was aborted alive, he or she received no medical assessments or care, but was only given what my hospital called comfort care, or a.k.a. made comfortable, just like Governor Northam indicated. One night, a, nurse co- a nursing co-worker was transporting a baby who had been aborted because he had Down syndrome to our soiled utility room to die, because that's where survivors were taken. Oh, wow. I could not bear the thought of this suffering child dying alone, so I rocked him for the 45 minutes that he lived. He was 21 to 22 weeks old, weighed about a half a pound, and was about the size of my hand. He was too weak to move very much, expending all his energy attempting to breathe. Toward the end, he was so quiet, I couldn't tell if he was still alive unless I held him up to the light to see if his heart was still beating through his chest wall. After he was pronounced dead, I folded his little arms across his chest, wrapped him in a tiny shroud, and carried him to the hospital morgue where we took all our dead patients. Christ Hospital readily admitted babies were survived abortions. A spokesman told the Chicago Sun-Times, between 10% and 20% of aborted babies survive for short periods. Some of them often, most of them, not some of them, a lot of them often live for an hour or two. Wow. One actually survived as long as eight hours. They perished because they did not receive the care they could have received that would have saved their lives. This was a small, now mind you, um, some of the comfort care that some of these hospitals are referring to. Mind you, there was a story that just recently came out that talked about an abortion, a very known abortion doctor that provided what I'm getting ready to describe to you for parents or parent of an aborted child. A comfort room. This was a small, nicely decorated room complete with a first photo machine in case parents wanted pictures of their aborted babies. Baptismal supplies. What? If parents wanted their aborted babies baptized. Oh my God. And a foot printer. And a baby bracelet. If parents wanted keepsakes of their aborted babies. There was also a wooden rocker to rock their babies to death. That's insane. She actually submitted photos of the comfort room with her testimony. Nurse Jill Stanley. We'll try to find those. And if we can find those. We'll try to get them overlaid. Um, now, you said this was in Illinois, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So this would be the same state that um, Barack Obama had a hand in this then. Mm-hmm. Because during his time as senator, in a state senator in Illinois, his one of his famous bills that he helped, that he voted for, was the Born Alive bill. Mm-hmm. If a baby comes out born alive, let it die. Mm-hmm. And that's the bill that he signed where if in Illinois, if you have a baby and it's born alive, you can let it die. Yep. So 
Barack Obama's fingerprints are on that. Mm-hmm. Your your Messiah, mm-hmm. and I'm sure there are more black more black and brown babies being left out to die. Oh, oh yeah. Than any other race. Oh yeah. Just, just simply, that's barbaric. That's crazy. And 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 I think it's important that we read things like this, and I think it's important that we talk about things like this. I cannot tell you how many Christians have gotten angry with me for posting photos of an aborted fetus who have gotten angry because I have described what an abortion pill or what an abortion procedure looks like or using the word dismemberment. We don't want to talk about what is actually taking place with the innocent citizens of this nation because if we look at it, then we may actually be responsible for it. You guys know I say this all the time. People are afraid to look at what they think they can't handle because if they look at it, it means that they've seen too much. And if you've seen too much, it is now going to bear down on your conscience. What will you do? Will you be silent or will you actually speak up for people that are that are innocent in this case, which are babies? I don't think I don't think you get over that. I don't think you take your kid into some your your dying child in some room and you sit there with it for an hour and you take a picture with it, and you um, take a little footprint of it, mm-hmm. and you enjoy those first few moments mm-hmm. that I remember vividly of our children, mm-hmm. and you have that moment for a couple of hours, and then it go passes away, and then you move on. Mm-hmm. That's just I don't I don't see how you get over that. Yeah. I don't see how that doesn't do something to you that follows you for the rest of your life. And it absolutely does, and I think that that's, that's a big part of what uh, organizations like Planned Parenthood refuse to talk about, because I can't tell you how many stories that they aren't talking about where young women, um, you know, have committed suicide. There's young women that have been haunted by their decisions. I can tell you this, just about every other woman who had an abortion or even multiple abortions in their lives that came into a place of grace that entered into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and watched the Lord come in and deal with their past. Every last one of those women were haunted by their decision. There was an interview that was done of a middle-aged black woman. I forgot what city it was done. I will never forget the way that she described it or the look on her face when she talked about how many abortions that she'd had and how naive she was. And she said, she, she put her hand on her stomach and she said, I will never be able to have children because I murdered all of them, is what she said. And the people that were standing in the street listening to her really didn't know how to react to that. My gosh, the interviewer didn't even know how to react to that. And she said, please listen when someone's trying to help you. And she said, I will have nobody to carry on my name. I, wow. I have nothing. And she said, because I did it. She didn't point her finger at the nearest man. She didn't, she didn't bring up her, you know, her, the child's father and say, well, he did it. She literally took responsibility on a public street and used the word murder when it came to describing her own choice of what she decided to do with her children, which I believe is one of the bravest things that a person could possibly do. But again, we don't want to talk about this because it's real. 
wonder if we have to take responsibility for this. Wonder if we have to actually speak up and say something. Wonder if I lose my friends. Wonder if my family stops talking to me. Well, wonder if, uh, wonder if millions of more children continue to be aborted because we just want to sit back and be able to have a barbecue with Bob and Carol down the street. You guys are familiar with Bob and Carol down, Carol down the street? I'm always talking about them. <laughs> <laughs> the other story that we have is there is a very bizarre lawsuit that is happening between an Austrian doctor and the FDA here in the United States. I actually had to read this story a couple of times to understand what the heck was even going on. And essentially, the gist of this story is there is an Austrian doctor. Her name is Rebecca Gompert, I believe is her name. Oh, and she's becoming a celebrity on the left. They, oh, they of love course. her. Oh, of course, of course. If you are, again, if you're interested in lawlessness of any kind, if you're interested in any act of debauchery. or you, death. <laughs> you lawlessness are in. or death. Yeah. Oh, man. Absolutely. Or if you hate Trump. Um, so this lawsuit is over the abortion pill. And essentially what this Austrian doctor is mad about is she is claiming that the FDA is blocking her ability to get abortion pills to women in America through the mail. And so what's happening is, is that in March, and I'm trying to see, okay, yeah, this is, this is a recent story. This is from CNA. In March, the FDA is issued a cease and desist to aid access. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that's probably who she is, who this young woman is, the Austrian doctor who is connected and with. And you also, something else to notice too, Everything these people do, then they name them the opposite of what things are. Yeah. Like it's called aid access when literally these are pills of death. There yeah. is no aid in these these boxes. These boxes contain death. Pretty much. So <laughs> Pretty death much. access. They ordering they, they issued a cease and desist to aid access, ordering the group to stop prescribing and mailing the drugs to patients in the United States because they were unregulated. I would also like to bring up that had these pills been regulated, the FDA would be totally cool with this. We always know what it's about with the FDA. I mean, they're still going out in open fields and pouring out goat's milk. Yeah. It from, really, from really farmers what it's about, because it's not regulated. Really what it's about is <laughs> Pfizer didn't have their hand in it. Exactly. You know, exactly. If Bayer would have had their hand in it, they'd have been like, no problem. Well, there you go. Yeah. We're getting it. No problem at all. <laughs> and so, um, let's see. Uh, a Monday, Gompertz through attorney Richard Hearn filed a civil action lawsuit, I believe in the state of Idaho, is where she actually filed it, which is also bizarre. Uh, Dr. Tara... Sander Lee, she's a senior fellow and director of life sciences with a pro-life research group. And she's actually calling this entire lawsuit ludicrous uh, and went on to say that um, uh, abortion pills from aid access have been shown to be damaged and contaminated. And these tainted drugs have caused serious and sometimes even fatal bacterial infections and excessive bleeding in women. Now, mind you, one of the things that I've also noticed in this in this nation right now is that any protections that conservatives stand up and actually try to present to mothers who are seeking abortions, we're not talking about, you know, protecting women who are having abortions. We're talking about 
protecting the health of a mother uh, who may attempt to receive an abortion and something go wrong. Every single, just about every single time these protections have tried to be put in place, the left has completely took yeah. a sledgehammer to them yeah. and said that this, you know, this is no, this is this is conservatives' way of trying to come in and stop you from getting an abortion. Literally, literally, not caring if it's a doctor, if it's a uh, certified board certified. OBGYN, a uh, board-certified gynecologist who is doing the abortion. They don't care about any of that kind yeah, of stuff. To, Nothing they, to do they about actually protecting where, I remember we. I don't remember what story that was, but they were trying to make it to where, this is a few years ago, where it wasn't even a licensed person to do the abortions. This mm-hmm. was like going to be like a regular, like a midwife. Yeah. Just essentially someone who went to a class at the Y yeah. and just... Yeah, putting, it just amazes me because they're constantly talking about you know, well, this is about women's rights and this is about being able to protect women's rights. Why would you not want to protect then the health of the mother? If you want to get an abortion, cool, but I'm not going to sit here and 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 hope that you bleed out in your home or on the side of a street because you got a hold of a pill that was contaminated with something that it shouldn't have been contaminated with. I'm not going to hope that for you. I'm going to hope that you know, that you live and get the help that you need, not only that, but that you're going to find the kind of grace that you need in order to move into, you know, all that God has for you, obviously. But the case with this, it is fully within the FDA's jurisdiction to protect women from harm and prevent these dangerous abortion pills from getting into the hands of any more women. That's what Lee said. Now, the health care provider must inform patients about the serious risk associated with use of the medications and sign a waiver, certifying the patient has access to emergency care or surgical abortion in case of complication. Now, that's, that's, that's a normal practice in just about every state. Yeah. Um, I'd say most, most abortions uh, are, have to be overseen by, um, you know, by a board-certified uh, doctor. You know, they have to be overseen by someone. Uh, not only that, but people have to know that you even had an abortion in order to, uh, you know, get your follow-up and all that stuff to know that you're okay because they, they do go wrong sometimes, which is why there should be, I believe, even more protections, you know, in place for things like that. Okay, this is a super long article, so we're going to keep moving through this. So one of the things that was interesting to me about this is that as of December 31st, 2018, there were reports of 24 deaths of women associated with RU486 since the product was approved in September of 2000, including two cases of ectopic pregnancy resulting in death and several cases of severe systemic infection, which is sepsis, including some that were fatal. To date, the report documents nearly 4,200 reported adverse effects, including hospitalization and other serious complications. So essentially what this doctor is upset about is that she's not going to get to prescribe, she's not going to get to prescribe pills, okay, uh, to her, you know, not, not, I don't even know if we can call them her patients, her clients in the United yeah. States that may, that are not regulated by the FDA, but they could be contaminated. Now, the, the two pills, by the way, uh, one of them is called uh, Mifepristone, and the other one is called Mesoprostol. And uh, one, of, one of the pills, generally when you have an abortion uh, with an abortion pill, 
um, the first one that you take is mifepristone. And what it does is that it stops the uh, stops progesterone from um, accumulating in your body, which is a very you know it's a it's a needed hormone to to help uh, uh, facilitate a pregnancy. So it shuts that off. And then the next pill that you take is the mesoprostol, and that essentially empties your uterus of the contents that's inside. And so these are the two pills that have been used for a while now uh, to help women be able to get uh, abortions through a pill. So these, these are the two. These are the two pills that uh, this, young, this, this doctor is fighting to be able to have mailed to women in the United States that are not FDA, regu- uh, FDA regulated. And that's the United States. This is not about her country or wherever she's at. This is about mailing people, you know, ma- mailing, mailing something uh, in the mail to a woman and she could take it and possibly, um, you know, see, you know, pretty horrible side effects as a result of it. And also something to keep in mind, too, is that this isn't for California. This isn't for Illinois. This isn't for New York. This is for Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. This is for Texas. Mm -hmm. This is for Mississippi. This is for all the states that passed a that passed a lot or a whole raft of anti-abortion bills the past few years to the point where there are only a handful of abortion clinics in Texas. Mm -hmm. I think there's like one or two. Mm -hmm. There's only like one. There's two in Oklahoma, right? There's only two. One in, I believe there's two. One in Tulsa, one in Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and some of these other states. So what the left is doing is they're doing these male things mm-hmm. because easier access. they want people to still have access to abortion. I know that they did a thing in Austin where now the city if you people were having to travel across the state because there's only like one or two abortion clinics in the state of they're, Texas. And they're mainly in so, the north and the south. Yeah. They're so they, in Corpus Christi area and then the Dallas area. People were having to drive mm-hmm. to the abortion clinic in Austin. Mm-hmm. So you had these people coming and they couldn't afford to stay anywhere. So they were sleeping in their cars. So what the city's going to do is the city's going to pay for them a hotel and pay for them to eat and all kind of other stuff so they can come to Austin and have an abortion. Wow. So that's what's going on in Austin right now. I'm out. sure the I think it was, uh, citizens of that city and their yeah, tax dollars I'm are sure happy about that. They're very proud, and they better watch. They better hope Greg, Greg Abbott doesn't see that headline because I know I saw it. Um, they better hope Greg Abbott doesn't see it because he's going to spring into action. <laughs> I would, I would assume so. You know, uh, my just final thoughts on this is. Um, don't be afraid to look at abortion and all of all of the lives that are affected by it. This is not about looking at a woman and trying to condemn a woman because she made um, a bad decision. You guys are aware of my heart when it comes to the pro-choice community because it's not just about one soul, it's about two people that we're trying to pull into um, life, essentially. But I think it's important that we look really, really hard at all of the lives being affected by abortion. And I think it's important that we're paying attention to all of the practices that are still happening to ensure that abortion continues. 
I think it's important to pay attention that the pro-choice community really prides themselves on the protection of women. But that's not what I read when I come across stories. This is just one story, you guys. I come across plenty of stories. And it's, it's, I'm not hearing there being a true place, okay, in the hearts of, of doctors, in the hearts of people that are leading the charge in the pro-choice community. I'm not hearing a lot of compassion when it comes to the mother of this child and her being um, protected if she has the right than her being protected. You would think that if you were trying to protect the right that you would try to protect the mother at the same time, and I'm not seeing that. I'm not seeing the protection of the mother's life. I'm just seeing her rights protected. I'm seeing her right to take another life being protected, but I'm not seeing a lot of protection for the mother. And so if you're in the pro-choice community, I think it's important that you pay attention to that, and I think it's important that you pay attention to, to, to those in your community that are leading the charge on this. Pay attention to that. And start to ask yourself, why are they so, you know, why are they so set on me having my right, but not set on me having protections yeah. in my rights? So that's what we have right now today. We're going to continue to talk about this. We're going to continue to bring you stories about what is happening in this current war of pro-life versus pro-choice, life versus death in the United States of America. But we would love to hear your opinion on this, too, and uh, continue to pray for the unborn. Continue to pray that uh, God would open new doors in this nation to see life enter in. So, all right, guys, we're going to wrap it up. All right. Until next time.